I'm Kara, and welcome to Soul Inspiring Business. I believe that all of us possess unique gifts and talents that allow us to serve the world and our own growth in the highest possible way. Our lives are an expression of our thoughts, beliefs, and actions. And here, we will explore businesses, thought leaders, and topics designed to inspire, helping propel your own growth so you can live your best and most purposeful life. Welcome to Soul Inspiring Business. Hello to our Soul Inspiring Business community. Thank you for being here, and thank you, most of all, for your support. Now, before we dive into today's episode, a very special one, I might add, I have a small ask, and that's if you love the show, will you please rate it and review it if you haven't already, and even share with others that you think might benefit? My mission is to inspire hope and possibility, and I'd be so grateful if you spread the show's message by sharing it with others. Today's episode is special because you will be learning from Aaron Shoemaker, a high-level entrepreneur, a man who embodies service-oriented leadership. Aaron is the co-founder of Q9 Ventures and has a passion for building and growing businesses. He has 15 years experience envisioning ideas and bringing them to life, leading, managing, and growing businesses from their infancy, through high growth phases, through maturity, and ultimately through exit. Prior to Q9, at age 24, Aaron founded Frontpoint, a tech-enabled DIY home security company. Frontpoint was started in Aaron's uncle's basement with capital he had from just a few years' corporate experience and a few credit cards. But in just a decade, Aaron grew Frontpoint to $125 million in recurring annual revenue, managed over 600 employees, and pioneered the DIY offering within the home security space. Before Frontpoint, Aaron worked at Goldman Sachs in the Leverage Finance Group, where he focused on capital raising and advisory with financial sponsor Leveraged buyout acquisitions of companies. Aaron graduated from Georgetown University, where he played tennis and was also CEO his senior year of the Georgetown University Student Credit Union, the nation's largest fully student-run bank with nearly 15 million in customer deposits. An impressive resume for someone who's still in his 30s. And in this episode, you'll hear the warmth in Aaron's voice as he talks about his passion to help others. You'll experience his humble take on his own successes, and you'll also clearly see why he is labeled an artist innocent brand type as someone that wants to help others experience success and grow their wealth. This episode contains key resources that Aaron used to develop and hone his leadership skills, his take on how to combine the right amount of hustle while also staying in flow, thoughts on how to discern your own business adventure, and you'll learn about a fund he's creating to help everyday investors with unique opportunities to build wealth and passive income. There's a lot to unpack, and it all starts now. So today on the Soul Inspiring Business Podcast, I am really excited to welcome Aaron Shoemaker. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thanks, Kara. So happy and excited to be here. Yeah, well, I'm excited too. And you know, you are, we were introduced by a mutual friend and a, our business coach, right? Um, who she's been on the show before, Jen Cudmore, just give her a little props. She's amazing. And oh my God, uh, <laughs> she's, she's been incredible. So, so excited to be working with Jen. 
Yeah. So excited to be working with Jen and the, the, uh, the intro was, was definitely spot on. I think we've, we've hit it off. Absolutely. And, uh, so, and Jen, I think we did a show actually with her on the branding archetypes. So, uh, for anybody listening that wants to go back and just hear a little bit more about Jen's work, check that out. But I'm curious before we get started, um, what are your archetypes? What's your branding archetype? Yeah. So my, my branding archetype is artist innocent. So I was, uh, the first one that I think I was the first artist innocent that Jen had ever come across. And she thought, she thought it was like the coolest, the coolest, um, archetype for an entrepreneur. So artist innocent is my, my brand archetype. How about you? Very cool. Well, and, um, so, um, well in artist innocent. So for anybody that doesn't know the brand archetypes, definitely, you know, again, go back and check out that show. Um, that is a very interesting combo for an entrepreneur. Um, and the artist I'd imagine is all about bringing creativity into the work, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So, um, going back to the entrepreneurial venture that I spent most of my professional career on, I really, often described it way before I knew the brand archetypes, I would describe it as a, a blank canvas that I'm just painting on. And, you know, I look at, I look at business largely as a canvas and you can make, you know, there are so many different dimensions and elements to it and you can make of it, whatever you make of it. And it's really yours to, to draw on and paint on and, and grow. And, you know, you can, you can incorporate all sorts of different things. Not, it's not just uh, all about the, the dollars and cents. I love that. And, you know, it's so funny because one of the questions I have was about creativity in business. So that is so funny and so interesting that you described your, it in that way. And then, you know, come to find out that that's it actually just exactly you. Right. Um, Absolutely. What's, now, what what's the funny, innocent, actually? Oh, uh, the innocent, I think is just, um, it's about, so I'm, I was born and raised in Michigan. And so there's the you know, the Midwest ethos in me, I think, if that's a, if that's a thing. And it's just about helping people. So one of my passions is to help people. And it's, it's about, I think, wholesome goodness and business. I don't view business as a, as a, I win, you lose. I I view business as a partnership. I win, you win. Mm -hmm. So I think the innocent is about, um, you know, really bringing together that that's, you know, synchronicity and that, that partnership and that, that spirit of, you know, in my business, my employees are going to grow in my business. You know, we're obviously there to, to help, help our customers. Our customers are going to benefit from it and we're there to help our shareholders. So our shareholders are going to grow. So it's, it's about really growth in 360 degrees uh, and in all dimensions. And that's, you know, just looking at kind of the positive side of things and not the, not the, side of business that some might refer to as you know dog eat dog that hasn't been my experience and i think that's that's largely because you know i'm the i'm the artist innocent right right oh wow that is really cool and i think for you know for our listeners um tuning in getting that kind of intro to you is pretty cool because i mean you really are a badass entrepreneur right i mean you have created your, uh, a nine figure, you built a nine figure business and yep. you're still in your thirties, which I mean, that's amazing. 
Uh, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit later about, you know, what you're doing now and the nine figure growth that you're creating and the funds that you're doing. And, and, but I'd love to find out just in your own words, can you just take us through a little bit of your own journey and your own path, like to where you are? Yeah, for sure. So first, thank you for that very kind intro. Uh, appreciate the, the, uh, the flattery. <laughs> um, so yeah, so my, my journey, as I mentioned, started out in Michigan, uh, grew up born and raised in Michigan, played a lot of tennis as a kid, um, grew up, you know, competing across the country, playing in tennis tournaments. And that's how I kind of got exposed to see a little bit more of the world. Um, and then went to Georgetown for college and played tennis there my freshman year and also came across the student run credit union. And there was this marketing campaign that the then CEO was, was using for, you know, come work at the credit union. Our, our interns go on to work at all these crazy cool, you know, places like Goldman Sachs and uh, McKinsey and all these Wall Street firms. And I was like, okay, well, uh, I, I clipped down a, a yellow flyer and walked over to the Levy Center where they were interviewing. And this is where they had this branch. And I, I sort of gave them my ticket. And I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd like my ticket to Wall Street. So that was <laughs> where I ended up spending um, a lot of my time as a, as a college student. I probably spent 30 to 35 hours a week there. It was unpaid. Uh, and it was a this full service bank that had about 12 or 15 million in customer deposits. They made loans. They, they had the, the little check card with Jack the Bulldog, who was the, the Georgetown Hoya mascot. And it was a real business. It had all the, all the opportunities and all the problems of a real business. Um, we didn't actually get paid. It was non-paid, but we did have the best parties on, on campus. So <laughs> it's where I had uh, a lot of my, you know, my best friends came from that, that organization, but what it really taught me. So I, I did end up, you know, sort of getting my ticket to wall street, but as I look back that, uh, experience, it just is almost such a, I don't know how, how the synchronicity worked out such that I was there to be able to take advantage of that. Like I do totally feel like I was meant to be there and meant to do that. Um, I look back and I see that was really the, you know, the, the seeds of my entrepreneur, my entrepreneurial journey, because we, we literally had to figure everything out and there was no adult supervision. So everybody started as a teller and worked their way all, all the way up to being CEO. So by the time I was a senior, I, you know, was the CEO of this, uh, $12 million bank at Georgetown, which is, which is crazy. So then, yeah. So after that, uh, went to work at Goldman Sachs. So I was in investment banking in New York for a couple of years, which I loved, uh, loved, Love the people. They were super smart. Loved the the experience, um, you know. And I I look back at that time as also a, a very sort of. I feel like I got about ten to fifteen years of experience packed into about two. Had really good mentors there. Had a really good you know really good experience. And I, as I got there, um, I actually spent a couple of summers during college uh, working there and. You know, by the time I'd, I'd spent my senior summer between my uh, junior and senior year, I was already starting to think about, well, maybe I want to start something or maybe someday I want to start a, a private equity firm or a hedge fund. I didn't even really know what the, those terms really meant at that point, other than, you know, they were kind of cool and, you know, buzzwords. Mm -hmm. So uh, while I was there at, at Goldman, uh, me and a, you know, my best friend and, and business partner spent a lot of time thinking about these different business ideas. And we had both worked at this credit union. So we were going back to our days there of like, you know, what did we build? And, you know, we'd, we'd maybe 
we maybe come across 15 or 20 different uh, different ideas before we started what would what would become Frontpoint. That's the the company I started after we left Goldman. So we were spending nights and weekends and you know doing uh, jamming on different different ideas that we would we would ultimately go start. First, it started as like a finance company, and then it moved to a product company. Um, and then what is that? I'm sure I'm curious. Like, what does that actually look like? Is that like having some drinks and then just like talking about, you know, what are, yeah. like, what is that process of, of yeah, creativity for, really? And ab- yeah, absolutely. Um, so for us, it would look like some beers. So we were roommates too. So, uh-huh. uh, we both worked at Goldman. So we run in different groups, but you know, we we're often ships passing the night, but then on, um, you know, when we'd get a, a weekend day here and there or a, a weekend night, more more like off of work, uh, we'd be just thinking about different ideas. We were often just texting back and forth. Um, you know, I'd come to regret this, but some of them we were sending over the Goldman email system, which probably wasn't the, the smartest of ideas, but um, it would also look like, you know, just having some Coronas on the couch and just thinking about what different ideas were. And we were seeing all sorts of different stuff um, in the different groups we were in. We were seeing you know, just had a, this amazing exposure to business and it got our, our creative, you know, maybe the artist in, in both of us um, flowing. And if there was an idea that seemed like it had some some potential, we would then write a business plan for it. Uh, we wrote a couple of business plans and then you know, we almost left at one point to start a, a fast change oil store. So literally like leaving leaving Goldman to then go become like a, a Jiffy Loop tech to, to run the business. And it's funny, like, as I look back on front point in that, there were a lot of commonalities in the business around just really great customer service and, you know, something that you could scale and automate with technology. Um, you know, I, I don't really know how we would have done that with fast change oil, but we would have figured, we would have figured it out. I, I, th- I like to think. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I'm, I'm curious, what made you, you were about to do that. What made you stop and say, eh, I'm not really sure that's the right path. I think we just got, I mean, maybe it was some sort of guidance from somewhere like mm-hmm. not, not necessarily, maybe it was like the, the glance my mom gave me when she was like, you're going to do what? You're going to quit your job at Goldman to like go, be, go like change oil. I don't, I don't understand that. So I don't know that they, they still understand, my parents still understand what I do or what I've done. Um, but that was definitely the right, the right reaction. Uh, whether or not that would have worked out, who, who knows? Uh, but it was, it was just, I think we got busy on other stuff and just decided, all right, well, it just faded to the background. And then, and then we, we got to work on um, the idea for what would become Frontpoint. And we, we really went deep on that one and you know, wrote the, the whole business plan, shared it with advisors that we had, we had um, you know, cultivated people we knew and trusted and knew that wouldn't sort of report back to our, our bosses at Goldman that we were thinking of leaving to start something. Um, even though, you know, I guess if you looked at our email accounts, you probably could have put two and two together. Um, but it, it ended up being the first one we really felt like, you know, we kept getting feedback that this is a really good idea. And I think we later, one of the lessons learned is to trust yourself. And we, we kept doing the right work and we kept getting the right feedback. So ultimately, you know, got our, our bonus check on, uh, January, I forget whatever, whatever date it was in early January, but the, the deal usually is if you're going to leave, you get your bonus check and then you go in and you resign. And typically it's to go work for a competitor. And there's all sorts of like, you know, who are you going to work for concerns about that? And 
my story was a little bit different. We're, we're going to start a home security company and that one got some sideways looks like you're leaving your job at Goldman to go start this home security company. Like what? Mm-hmm. But uh, it was, it was our calling. It was our, it was what we were meant to do. Um, so, so yeah, so then we, uh, we left Goldman, moved down to DC. Uh, first act in, in DC was actually um, moving into my uncle's basement where our first headquarters was. So we'd, we decided we'd set up shop there because the rent was cheap <laughs> and uh, we got a really good deal. But uh, my uncle lived in Michigan and we, uh, he said he was going to leave the, the keys under a paint can and he, he left the wrong key under the paint can. So after some back and forth, uh, he said, you know, do whatever you got to do to, to get into the house, you know, like break a window, you know, like call locksmith, break a door. So we saw painted glass and we said, all right, well, we're, we're just going to, you know, sort of break through and then open it from the inside. So literally like, uh, you know, break the glass, the neighbor pops over and says, I'm calling the police. And it dawned on us, we're moving to DC to start an alarm company. And the first thing we're doing is breaking and entering into, you know, our, our, our apartment and in, in corporate office space. So oh, was, that's awesome. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's ironic. So, so yeah. So, so, um, continuing on the journey, so then we started a company called Frontpoint. Frontpoint is a DIY home security company. Um, we're privately held, so I'll I'll uh, stay away from some of the some of the figures. Other than you know, got to nine figures in revenue over the course of about a decade. We we didn't raise venture capital. We did it all with our our sort of own funds. So that's what's called bootstrapping. Um, and then you know, until we got to a big enough point where we could. Uh, take a loan from a bank. So we largely grew to, to nine figures just with, you know, like our, our hands and, you know, a lot, a lot of grit uh, and a lot of help from an amazing team. So got up to about 600 employees at one point um, was the, the employee peak. And then, so yeah, that, that's been between the credit union at Georgetown, Goldman, and then my, my decade or so, a little bit over a decade at front point, that's been my, largely my entrepreneurial entrepreneurial career. Um, we can go deep on, on any of those, uh, especially the, the front point piece. But last fall, we, we did a, a partial sale, a majority deal where a private equity firm bought, bought a, um, a majority of front point. And so now six months ago or so ago, started uh, stepping back and I'm now fully out of the day-to-day, still a board member and still a shareholder. Uh, but have transitioned now to marrying really a couple of passions. One is really a passion about entrepreneurship. Uh, two is a passion about helping people. And three is a passion about investing. And that I think um, when you're working in one circle, it's fun. When you're working in two circles, it can be really fun. But when you've got a, a number of sort of con- concentric circles that are overlapping, that's where you know the real magic can happen. And I, I feel like I'm in that, that sweet spot right now of you know, leveraging the entrepreneurial skill set, leveraging the, fi- the finance background. And uh, I guess the, that's all lead up to what I'm doing now is I'm investing uh, largely my own money and also some, some friends and family money. We're, we're in the process of, uh, you know, we've just started our first funds. We're taking on some outside investors, but the, the thought process post front point is really to buy small businesses. So buying businesses that have EBITDA somewhere in the or you know, earnings, uh, net income, or profits that are somewhere in the range of uh, 500k to a couple million, and 
um, we're we're also tapping into a trend right now that's that's happening where there's all sorts of baby boomers that are retiring and don't really, in some cases, think they they just need to shut down their business. But in reality, they've got this legacy that they've built that you know we can then take and steward into the next phase. And oftentimes, some of those businesses will be some of those businesses will have a, a physical presence, but have done very little from a digital standpoint. So they'll have you know, opportunities to really grow. But coming back to those passions, I, I love it because it's it's uh, the ability to help an entrepreneur, you know, create that that liberation from the business that they may have been working on for some cases, 30 or 40 years um, and, you know, move into retirement with a, you know, with a more secure future because they've been able to sell their business. So it's creating freedom on that side. And then uh, I'm also partnering with um, with entrepreneurs who are looking to, you know, find their their shot at running something uh, have largely have likely run uh, a division of a company or have run something have really good sort of managerial backgrounds, but are excited to become the, you know, the head steward of, of a business and in that process also helping to create financial freedom for them. So if they, if they're able to do well, um, you know, I'll do well and the owner will do well. It's really coming back to that, that innocent archetype uh, we talked about earlier and that win, win, win. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's marrying that entrepreneurial skill set with the investing skill set with also really helping people grow. And as we as we make these investments, one of the important things is that there's a you know a growth plan, both a growth plan for the business and a growth plan for the people. And you know, for me, it really goes you know well beyond the you know just the just the dollars and cents. Like I really care about the people, um, and I really care you know that everybody's got. I'm next, you know, everybody's got a growth, growth plan and a growth path. So that's yeah. certainly one of the hallmarks. Well, and I, so uh, thank you so much. That was a, a, for sharing your story. You know, I think what is really just what I love about um, you is that you just, in everything you do, you have a real passion for, you know, the work and you've, uh, and we'll, you know, dive into the fun now, cause I think that'll be really cool to talk about too, but sure. Um, but you know, you have, again, throughout your career really infused that passion and that true, very service mentality, right. Into everything yep. you do. That's how you grew front point. And, Absolutely. you know, by, um, having that mentality, you know, I'm curious what the, um, is there a process for tapping into your creative canvas, like throughout your career? Do you have a, um, like when you were growing, did you have any kind of practice that you followed to kind of get inspiration? Or do you really feel like you were always kind of in a place where you were just being divinely led? Um, no, definitely. I mean, a lot of this, it starts with sort of very mechanical, for me, at least it started with very mechanical sort of stumbling into things. But when I look back, it had some you know, some very tangible things that you can do to, to cultivate this. Like I was always, I was always a, I like to call it a, a self-development junkie. I, I guess it's, you know, kind of maybe now translated into self-development guru. The first book that really um, got me on this path of opening my eyes was uh, the seven habits of highly effective people, which I, mm. I still love. Um, and there's a, another book that I, the two, the two books that, the single book that I think will will basically like deconstruct both career success and life success is Awakening the Giant Within 
by Tony Robbins. I only read that when I was, you know, maybe 28 or 29. If I'd read that when I was, you know, 14, 15 or 16, um, I, I wish I had, you know, somehow stumbled upon this book a little earlier, but the, the yeah. process really, um, this is one of what Tony, Tony Robbins will, will really espouse, which is, you know, to success, uh, success leaves clues. That's what he'll, he'll say. And what, what he means by that is if you're looking to become successful in something, find those that have been successful in doing that thing and model them. And that started with me by just reading these books. And, you know, my mind, you know, went from this uh, student or this college student at the time, I think I was reading this, the, the seven habits um, and just really said, oh my goodness, like you have these preconceived notions about yourself and your limitations. And then all of a sudden somebody can open that up for you, whether that's a mentor or, you know, uh, and Tony Robbins is not a personal mentor, but I still call him a mentor. Like if I've met him once, but you know, I'm, I'm not the, I'm not one of the people that's paying him the millions of dollars per year uh, to, mm -hmm. to mentor. But what he'll say is like, you find these, you find these people success leaves clues, and then you just model the success they've done. So if you're, if you're lucky enough to have a, a mentor that is succeeding in something, whatever you want to do, if it's, you know, anything from being a, an investor to a, an entrepreneur, to a finance professional, to a race car driver, like you seek out the, you know, the best possible person you can get. And you, you continue striving to, to build your network uh, and also to, to build your knowledge base. And especially if it's around a passion that you really also love, like mm -hmm. that's where the two, you know, you just get to these, these phases where success is almost inevitable because you're, you're following the mechanics and the steps that are, are laid out by your mentors, whether that's a book or a, a person. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're, you know, you're also just, you're insatiable at that point. You're, that's where you'll get into what the, this term is flow. Like time just passes by without really realizing it. And, mm -hmm. and that's where, you know, true mastery starts to come as this starts as a novice, but you're doing the right things and going in the right direction because you're, you're following those, you know, you're, you're sort of stepping on the shoulders of giants that are, that are ahead of you. No, I love that. And, and I also think that it's important to surround people or, you know, have the people around you supportive of, you know, they're helping you write your story too, right? By 100%. just, you know, the inspiration that they give you and, and kind of, you know, having, if you're always turning to your partner or to your friends and they're telling you, you can't do something like that's not very inspiring, 100%. like you're not going to get very far, you know? So it's, um, it's having really good mentors, whether that's through a book, you know, and I actually have yep. that book. I've read both of those books. I think they're, they're awesome and you're spot on. Um, and, you know, and then surrounding yourself with people that believe in you too, you know, hundred percent. And I, I think also when you think about mentorship, mentorship for me, as I, as I decode it, you know, it could be Tony Robbins. That's kind of from, from, from a little bit from afar, or it could be, you know, a, a business coach. Like I, I have multiple business coaches and, you know, I'm, I want to be in a place where I feel like I'm being pushed and, you know, but it, it's not work. Like, it, or at least it doesn't feel like work. It certainly is work, but, you know, always being in a place where I'm surrounding myself with those that are, you know, just have, have been there and have done that and can be supportive and can be a third party, you know, sort of resource to see things that you can't see when you're in the, when you're in the matrix versus outside of the matrix. Um, and you're, you're totally right. Like, uh, I think Tim Ferriss has a quote of you're the, the average of the five people 
you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And if you spend the most time with people who are, you know, in a win-lose scenario or a I win, you lose, or, you know, that sort of negative mind frame or the, the limited scenario, then you, you know, feel sort of working in, into that framework. And if you're with people that are always in that striving for what's next, and then you, know, you can see that, that progress and, you know, you may, it's just, uh, it's yeah. night and day. Yeah. And I mean, I think one of the biggest things that, um, and I think again, going back to Jen and the investment in, in a coach, you know, that, that investment is like, sometimes people look at the cost to hire a coach and that puts them off. But I mean, I can tell you hiring her is the best investment that I ever made. And, and I've got other coaches too, that I work with. And like, that's, it's, it's a return on investment, right? Like you're investing in, but then the return you get is it's like, if you can put in a dollar and make 10, well, then why wouldn't any, why wouldn't you do that? You know what I mean? So, but if you're just looking at it as an expense, then you're thinking of it in the wrong way. Yeah. I, I think that you're, you're so spot on. And just as a, another shout out to Jen, Jen's been, you know, Jen and, and my other business coach, Sharon have been the, the best the best investments I think I've, I've made in myself ever. And, yeah. you know, Love they're too. big shout out the, to him. He was on the yeah. show. <laughs> huge, huge shout out to Sharon, huge shout out to Jen. Um, so yeah, so those, I look back and I, I look at my passion today at investing and I didn't really realize this at the time, but the, the seed of all this was the investments in myself and right. uh, the best investment you can make is in yourself. And I would echo your, your statement. And I've, I've been working with um, Jen and Sharon for, you know, about a year, a little over a year. Um, and I can totally agree that the growth that I've experienced in the last year is I've up-leveled from a coaching perspective. You know, I don't, I don't even think a hundred X from a monetary standpoint, I don't think a hundred X will, will properly capture. Wow. Not there now. We're, we're probably well into the, you know, in terms of investment, we're definitely into the hundred X. Like, well beyond that, but in terms of sort of where I was and where I am now, at least, you know, sort of, I feel like I've, I've five X'd in the course of about a year. And that's what a, that's what an amazing mentor and a, and a coach. And, you know, when you've got this really solid mentor coach dynamic, right. if they really care about you and you can tell, and you can trust them and they trust you. And it's not just about like, you know, counting the hours. If you feel like at the end of the call, like, did I get anything out of that? Like, was that really worth it? You know, maybe you need to do a couple more to, to see it, but if you're not just like totally excited to get on the, to get on the next call with your coach, like, right. you know, anytime I'm about to get on a call with, with Jen or Sharon, I'm just like, I, I look forward to my Tuesdays at five, five thirty every, every couple of weeks. And I look forward to my, you know, my Mondays at, at four o'clock every, uh, every other week, just because right. like, it's like hanging out with friends, but it's like, they're amazing mentors and I'm in this crazy growth process and phase. So it's ton, yeah. tons of fun That's awesome. and totally worth it. Well, and one thing you touched on, which uh, I wanted to just get your take on this too, is there are, you know, a lot of gurus out there that are saying, well, like hustle, hustle, hustle. It's all about the hustle. Um, you know, work hard, then you, that's the only way to pa the path to success. And then there's the flow paradigm, which you kind of mentioned where, I mean, it still works. It's not like you're not working, but mm -hmm. there's, um, but where it, it seems to kind of attract opportunities, uh, in a, in a different way, how would you yep. describe those two? And do you feel like you 
have always been in a flow, so to speak, paradigm? Definitely Which not. Which one to have you live <laughs> more often? Yeah. Um, so I've, I'm living now more often in the flow paradigm. Um, and it's a, you know, it, it's, it's a conscious effort to choose to be in that paradigm. And when I'm, when I'm really choosing to be in that paradigm, you just have this awareness of like, this isn't actually a problem. This is actually a major opportunity. So you run into, and if you're in the sort of, I've got to get this to-do list done and I've got to go from here to there and I've got to get all this stuff done. Yeah. You got to figure out how to do all that. And you've got to, you know, figure out how to hire a great team and work with great people around you. But if you're, if you're kind of in the, the hustle mentality, um, I, I actually subscribe to both. So the hustle mentality, you've got to be in the hustle mentality early on. Um, you've got to, you know, develop the core skills and the core frameworks that, you know, I don't, I don't believe in the phrase putting in your dues, but there is certainly some truth to it. Um, you know, people will respect you a lot more. You'll, you'll be able to find the mentors and that, that just sort of 10,000 hours or the time, if you can marry the two philosophies where you can be working hard, working smart, and also in flow, that's where I think, you, you know, if you can learn that at an early age, you'll be, you'll be ahead. I think I was more the early age of like, just, you know, try and, you know, like get through the, the day and work as many hours as you can, and then try and do it again. And then you definitely burn out and it's kind of like one of these wave cycles. So what I've learned now though, is um, to, to operate in the next level, the 10 X me, the, the person I'm going to be in, you know, 12 months from now, the 10 X me for that person to be showing up, I have to be in, in a flow paradigm. Otherwise I'm just, I'm going to miss things. Uh, it's, it's all about like, for me, awareness of how this, this problem, like we, we just, you look at things in a different light if you're in the flow paradigm and maybe it's just a problem and you, you know, you solve it, but maybe it's also a crazy opportunity. Yeah, no. And I think that's true. I mean, I, I know that that was true for me and, and I kind of went through a period where I was like, I don't even know if I want to do this work anymore. Like I'm so burnt out. Like it's just, it's so many hours and I'm just, but I yep. think if I was kind of thinking of it in the wrong way and maybe operating from what I should be doing like what did I think I had to do versus like what were the things that inspired me and I enjoyed doing and then that can bring you better opportunities you know when you are kind of so it's there there are two kind of catchphrases right now and so um I'm trying to come to a place to figure out how to best explain them right but the only thing I've I've come up with so far is that for for, and I don't know how, what you think about this, but flow to me seems like you're working from a more inspired place. So it doesn't mean that you're not working. Like I worked until, you know, 1230 yeah, last night. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Um, it's not like when you say, oh, well, don't hustle. Well, you still are working. Absolutely. You're enjoying the work more. And so the time goes by and it doesn't feel as much like work. And you're yep. also more open to creativity, you know, and to creative ideas and to more inspired levels of work. Um, I don't know. How would you? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, to I totally agree with that. Like I still work, you know, I still work a lot of hours um, and, I, and I also do it because I love it. And that, that to me is a, is a large passion and I, I am able to work the hours because it doesn't feel like work. And in flow for me, going back to the, the archetypes that we talked about earlier, artist innocent, mm -hmm. if I'm being the artist innocent, 
and being, you know, there are also money archetypes that we can talk about too. But if I'm, if I'm in that, that authentic brand archetype and I'm, I'm being myself, you know, it's, I'm living my truth. And as I'm living myself and my truth, you know, good things happen. And that's, that's what flow is all about. But that also doesn't mean that I don't have the, you know, the, the same things that everybody else has to figure out. Like, how do I, how do we get through this mountain of email? How do I sort through all this data? Like mm -hmm. you need the tools and structures and, you know, you can sort of be sitting in divine flow, but you need to get into action too. So right. there's, there's a healthy balance of, of the two. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And what would you say for anybody? Because you've, I mean, clearly you've built businesses, you're re um, reinventing yourself again now. And I want to ask you about the, the, um, fund that you're doing next, but for anybody that's listening, that maybe feels like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, or, you know, I don't know, um, why does my business not seem to be taking off? Like I hear, gosh, Aaron's had so much success. He built this nine figure business. That's intimidating to me. Like, I don't know, like, how do I even make that happen? Like, what would you say, to the person listening that feels like they've been working, but not getting the success that they feel like they should, so to speak. That's a really good question. Um, and there, there are so many different ways to, there are lots of different ways to approach it, but I can, I can share with you how I, a couple of different ways that I've approached it because I, I have come to the same, you know, I think it's normal and natural for people to, in regardless of how successful you are or think you are or think you aren't, you know, it's, it's natural to just, if you're doing the same thing over and over again for a while, or you're, you know, you're working really hard and you're not yet seeing the, the fruits of your labor that actually are probably, if you're working hard there, you know, it's like the, the overnight success story that's in the, in the building. But uh, mm -hmm. there's a, a couple of things that I'll do. Um, first, again, is I, I built a really strong support team around me. So there's a, you know, a person I'll go to. So I'll, I'll bring it up today with these coaching relationships. I'll bring it up with Jen. I'll bring it up with Sharon. Uh, and these are difficult questions to answer. So it's not like this is something that I'll pose on a, you know, Tuesday at five 30 and by seven o'clock, I'll have the answer. Yeah. Um, and you're not posing it out to your Facebook. Like you're not, yeah, you know, no, exactly. Going to select people. It's something you really need to unfold into. And for me, it's, it's just going back to like, what do I enjoy and what are the things in my childhood that I've enjoyed? Some of the tools that I've gotten are, you know, going back and literally writing out a timeline of my life. And on that timeline, you know, have, you know, the, the way I did it was I laid out the timeline and I just sort of went left to right and wrote out some of the memorable events. And, you know, I might, um, and at the, at the top was the things that I really loved doing. And at the bottom was some of the things that I like doing less and just reflecting on that. Um, you know, started to help me understand more about myself. Mm -hmm. um, and there, you know, there's, cool. there's, yeah. So, so then it's, it's, it's then connecting that for me really with like under an understanding of myself and an understanding of what I liked and what I didn't like over time. And then it's just being open to opportunities. So I don't really think you can force your way into finding your passion. I really think it, it has to unfold. So if you're mechanizing it, it's back to that you're, you're forcing it versus you're, you're letting it happen. And, um, you know, it's a, it's annoying because you can't really sort of scientifically break it down, but there's, there's two other resources that I would recommend for this. One is back to, you know, unleash the, the giant within that resource. 
if you're having any sort of problem or opportunity in your life, that book is basically like my, my manual for how to, how to live life in a, in an amazing sort of success and fulfilled way. There's also another one that I, I went to called um, Finding Your North Star by Martha Beck. Um, that was, you know, she's, she's a life coach. I've worked with some life coaches. You know, I've worked with a life coach rather before, which is an amazing experience. Um, and I found Martha Beck's book to be a, you know, it was like this experiential way of trying to almost accelerate some of these processes that would be difficult to, to force naturally. So I'd recommend that as a, a resource. It's not a, it's not a short read and it's, it's certainly a process. So brace yourself. It's not a, a weekend activity. It's, you know, sort of over a, I think it's over a seven or an eight week period, but if you're committed to it, you'll get out the other side and you'll realize, okay, there's a you know, a lot I didn't know about myself and I have a, a lot of insights for, you know, where to, where to go from here. Very cool. Yeah. And those are great resources, I think, for kind of going to that path of self-discovery, like what, what do I do next? And, and maybe what are some of the stumbling blocks that I'm facing yep. and, and going into that, you know, reflection for sure. Um, so let's talk about the fun you're building now. What I think is really cool about it is, you know, so when we first met just to let people know, we met actually, because you're in DC. Um, well, you're away now, but you're in, you live in DC. And so we met at a little coffee shop. And I think one of the cool things that when we were talking, you know, you were talking about how you would, oh, we're transitioning out of the day-to-day from front point and talking about what you really enjoyed doing. And as you kind of mentioned earlier, love being able to help business owners that are kind of phasing out and uh, almost matchmaking to, you know, entrepreneurs and, and helping really a true service mentality, helping people. But one of the other things that you had mentioned, and I remember you said your inspiration was your sister because 100%. you felt like, you 100%. know, you had been able to create within a, you know, in a short period of time, a great amount of um, wealth, right? And we're kind of looking at your sister and that they were doing really well, but that they, you know, didn't necessarily have the right guidance for how to build, you know, wealth or to use, to create more passive income streams. Am I getting that right? hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. You're, and, you're spot on. And so you said, you know, I really want to help people going back to the creative innocent, the artist innocent in you. I really want to help people uh, in helping them create more freedom in their lives and I, you know, have this skill set that, that I've got the finance background. I have this, you know, entrepreneurial background and how can I really make people's lives better? How can I change people's lives? And one big way to do that is to help change their financial picture. And so, um, so tell us, I, I, that's kind of the, the lead up, but tell us, you know, about what you are doing now with that, because I think it's so awesome. And we've actually talked about a few opportunities um, that you've already shared with me. And it's really, I love what you're doing because I believe that uh, nothing against Wall Street, but I do think there are opportunities sometimes that the average investor just doesn't know about. And, you know, often you have to have these huge amounts of money to invest with like a growth fund or something. And so it takes out the average investor from these cool opportunities. So, um, so tell us more about that. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, you're, you're spot on that my, my interest in creating the fund was totally exactly as you mentioned, my sister, like she's, 
she is incredibly talented at what she does. She has a great, you know, well, very well-paying job that, you know, seems to be uh, increasing all the time. Like whenever I'm talking to her, she's getting promoted or going through whatever, but she's working probably as hard, if not harder hours than I am. And it's just really in the grind in the day to day. And I'm, I, as I reflected, I was thinking like, does it have to, does that have to be it? Like, can't there be other ways that she can start to get ahead financially that isn't just sort of Wall Street? And don't don't get me wrong, like I I I believe in the stock market long term. I believe that you know it will if you put your money in and you know you have time to invest, it will earn its you know six to seven percent or you know five to six percent you know over time. That's that's great, but it will certainly go through these ups and downs and these sideways. Um, but also, you're you are the product, and Wall Street is a marketing machine. So the the firms that will invest your money, you know, have very very much dialed in that they are the only option, and that's totally not true. And mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, though, that's totally not true. But it's really difficult to find these options. Uh, and and what I'm talking about is is ways to create additional streams of income that are beyond your job. So I worked really hard at Frontpoint, had the, the fortune to be able to invest, invest in these companies and invest privately. And that's you know kind of leveraging my skill set and and leveraging what I saw largely Wall Street was doing. So they would take other people's money and they would invest it in in certain things. And you know, they would take a lot for themselves and they would give some back to, to others. But my 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 view on this is, well, you know, the the everyday investor um, also can, you know, can find other sources of passive income, and they they can they can grow them without a without a whole lot with with a lot less time than they might, might think to be a good portion of you know an additional source of income, or you know doubling their income and sort of replacing their income, or you know all the way to the the side of becoming their their full time job. Um, and you know, I wanted to really create a, a product that allowed people to, you know, in that in that first phase, to be able to see, okay, you can invest money, you can invest it in a place that's you know, uh, a lot less volatile than you'll see in the in the stock market, and you can start seeing income. So it's amazing the feeling to see your, you know, when you when you make an investment and then at the end of the the first quarter, you know, after you know. The first payout, you start receiving checks, and you're like, "Oh my goodness! Like, mm-hmm. this is real. This isn't just some some account somewhere that goes up and then it goes down and then it goes up." And yeah, it sort of has gone up a fair bit over the last ten years, but you know, who knows where it's going to go from here? So the fund is really again about um, helping people like like my sister um, and helping them get to a place where they they feel like all this hard work is now starting to work for them. So you work so hard for your money you know, at some point your money should start working really hard for you so that, you know, you can be in a place where you have one less stress and you, you also can start moving into more flow and, you know, balancing more flow and, and hustle alongside each other. Yeah, no, that is, that is so awesome. Um, and I love what you're doing because it really is kind of the combination of everything that you have, um, your whole path so far, right? I mean, you're combining all these different um, talents to really, um, give back in a way that sure. can really change people's lives. So, 
Um, so this has been a super special conversation and, um, I'm sure we could talk a lot more and delve into even more topics, but, um, but I really just want to say thank you for your time, for making time to be part of our soul inspiring business community and, and helping, um, you know, inspire people, um, in your story. And, uh, so if people want to learn more about you, about maybe what you're doing with the fund, like how, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, for sure. So uh, we're in the process. So right now we've got a wait list to join the fund. So if you're if you're interested in joining the fund, um, you know, I'm sure you've got a, a place on your 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 platform that we can uh, put a little bit more information. I don't I don't know where that would be if it's a website. We'll put it in the show a, notes. Yeah, for people. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. So we'll we'll put a, a place on on Kara's website. You can at this point. Um, you know, I. I We'll make that resource available in the show notes, uh, and that that'll be where to where to learn more info. So we're we're in the process of you know expanding the fund to the the next round. So we've got a a good base of investors, and we're we're looking for the the next uh, the next group that's expanding beyond you know close friends and family. But right now, that's uh, the waitlist is building, and we're excited yeah. to we'll have we'll have more to more to share on a, a website near you and a couple of videos shortly and, and Kara okay. will, will direct you to where you can find those. That's awesome. All right. And then are, do, are you on any social platforms where people can best connect with you too? If people just want to know more or learn more about you? Yeah. Uh, Instagram is probably the, the best place. Um, one, admittedly, uh, Instagram. Uh, Instagram is probably the best place. Um, LinkedIn will have my back, but that's kind of boring. Um, it's probably the the best place right now. I I must admit I'm I'm um, not as active on on uh, social media as I will be, but there's some good uh, some good gems about the the personal side of me, and more of the the professional content will be will be added to the platform in the in the coming months. Awesome. Well, and feel free to you know at this point feel free to DM me as well. I'll I'll, uh, I'll happily. I'll happily respond to any DMs that come through uh, Inst- Instagram and the Instagram account is at a shoemaker, A-S-H-U-M-A-K-E-R. Awesome. And we'll make sure to put that in the show notes for people as well. So, um, but I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being here and, and just sharing so openly. Um, I love that you're the artist innocent. And I think that, you know, it's so cool to see how you don't have to fit one mold to be a successful entrepreneur. You know, it's really 100%. about tapping into your unique gifts in the world, uh, and um, and tapping in those, tapping into those, and allowing those to come through in your work. I think you're a really great uh, representation of that. And and again, I just uh, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank thanks so much for having me. We'll have to do a round two at uh, at some point, but. Thank you. uh, Thank you very much. It's been a, it's been a blast. I'm Kara and you've been listening to soul inspiring business. If you found this helpful, go to Apple podcast and subscribe, rate and review this podcast. And if you feel so bold, share with others as well. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to growing.